0: The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT Shop has it all at TNTradio.live. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: G'day, g'day. Welcome to a new week with a whole bunch of new and possibly wonderful possibilities. I hope you make it yours. I hope you do with it as you will. And uh, each week is better than the one that preceded it. Uh, Lots to talk about today. Firstly, thank you to Chris Smith. He'll be back. Tomorrow here at TNT, we'll be talking to Tony Wakem uh, We've got a lot to talk about Julian Assange. And, of course, what a recent conviction of one Mr. Joshua Schultz who I spoke of last week, and his four-decade-long sentence, what implications that, that may have in regards to Julian Assange. Also, I'll be talking to, uh, to Joachim uh, as well, uh, Joachim Hagopian. I'll be having a chat with him uh, about lots of things, but especially this escalation, what could possibly lead to being World War III. And I don't think that's an exaggeration with uh, what America's been up to of late in regards to what they're doing for, I would say for, you could say with um, Israel. So we'll be chatting with him about that a little bit later. Lots going on. Quickly, I want to just touch on uh, I like tech. And if you're out there to buy a new set of headphones, and you have an Android. I had the the Galaxy Buds, and um, I didn't like them. I mean, you would walk 100 meters, they would literally fall out of your ears. My son, who is big into Apple, I'm not so much, but I'm starting to be, I guess, because I'm advocating for their products all the time, and I don't get anything out of Apple for doing so. So I bought a pair of AirPods, the new ones, the good ones, and they're brilliant. They sound better. The noise Cancellations better. They don't fall out of the ears. So uh, just because you've got an Android phone doesn't mean you have to get the Android or the Samsung Buds. I just thought I'd share that with you. Nikki Haley, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I didn't like her from the outset. And uh, many people starting to uh, suggest at one point she might have been Trump's running mate. Well, that's not going to happen. She certainly showed her through colors, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Her real name, by the way, uh, not even her name is real, is Nimrata Nikki. Randhawa, R-A-N-D-H-A-W-A, so not somebody uh, I'm going to trust, certainly not somebody it looks like Donald Trump is likely to trust, uh, especially after she went on Saturday Night Live as herself uh, in conjunction with somebody portraying Donald Trump uh, and just made a complete fool out of herself, exposed herself for being the wolf in sheep's clothing, pretender fake that she is. Uh, even a fake name and uh certainly not doing yourself any favors but I applaud the move Nikki Haley because now everybody knows that you're another one of these lefties pretending to be a conservative but you can't even do that you can't even pretend to be that uh now Trump he uh he's refused to name a running mate I think he knows who he's going to pick already. If I, if my, you know, if my guess is worth anything, but he's mentioned a couple of names in passing. One of them being South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Uh, You're a much better candidate uh, for for me than you are for yourself. he said a guy who apparently is very quiet when it comes to promoting himself, but when it comes to defending Donald Trump, he's apparently uh, a bit of a, a, you know, a war dog. So Donald Trump's noticing people out there. The other person that he uh, praised was South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, N-O-E-M, uh, who said she'd never run against him because she knew she could never beat him. I mean, okay, fair enough. Praised, if you will. Uh, I'd like somebody with a bit more self-confidence. And for those of us who have the memories of goldfish, but I know you lot don't. Um, that's one thing I do miss about commercial radio. You had a bunch of the, the lefties listening, so you could have a crack at them. But I know you lot will never have forgotten Uh, because she is absolutely wonderful. And you will remember her as well um, in the 60 Minutes interview where she absolutely hammered Liam Bartlett. And I'm talking about one Miss Carrie Lake. And uh, we've all seemed to have forgotten about Carrie Lake, but where's she? I think she would have been the ideal running mate. In fact, I would suggest she would have been a better president and Donald Trump, but that's just me. I think she's fair income. I think she is staunch. She's the woman that, wow, what a woman she is. I mean, it's stronger than most male candidates I've ever seen, and twice as uh, fair income, if you will, as most that you'll ever come across. I was watching some interesting videos on YouTube on the weekend regarding electric cars as well and people suggesting one fella uh who's quite popular almost uh a million subscribers on YouTube advocating that he's got sick of his new electric Porsche he paid over 140,000 pounds or it is obviously over in the UK and at the moment, he's only had it for a couple of years. He wants to hand it back to the dealership. The best offer he can get from a dealership is about 44,000 pounds. This is after two years. He still owes 65, 66,000 pounds on the car. So not only is he going to lose money on the car after two years, not only has he woken up to all the electric BS and he's over it, the simple fact is not only he going to lose some of these car wow and other places who offer you a a sum for your vehicle uh one of them not Carwow, who wasn't too bad actually uh was down to twenty-eight thousand pounds again for a car that he paid one hundred and forty thousand pounds for only two years ago and he said that the battery the battery would cost more than what most of these people are offering him for the car and it's only two years old so you might want to think about these things before you get an electric vehicle other people now advocating that you can go to a charging station and charge a car for five bucks. It's one of these energy companies. And I just threw that in because it just occurred to me. I forget which one. I don't think it might have been Origin. I don't know. But the whole point being, they are going to offer you this $5 flat rate charging. And so you'll get an electric car. Reminds me of all the people that went out, and I wish I would have done it, got solar panels right back at the beginning. Not only the, I mean, the rebates were so high. They were paying you so much money. For electricity that you put back into the grid, these things not only did they pay themselves off in about a year; they just paid themselves over and over and over for years. Of course, now here's the the solar panels and all the roofs of all the houses around the world powering most of the ind- most industry most days. So, and of course, they're paying full price the electricity, full retail price, and of course, you're getting paid for it now. Some people only a few cents per kilowatt hour. So that's what they do. They get you hooked. They, you know, they they get you, they get the honey pot, they get you involved, they get you to lay out for this infrastructure. And once you've got it, they just pull the rug out from under you. It's absolutely ludicrous. And uh, a lot I want, want to say about the US, but I'm not going to have time. Now if you've missed your favorite TNT uh, show or interview, then simply listen or watch whenever you want, wherever you want. Uh, just visit the episodes page on the TNT website. You can also do it on rumble.com, bitchute, or Brighteon. Uh, We are also on all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. So now there's absolutely no reason to miss out on anything that's happening here at today's News Talk, TNT.
2: Russia. Gas prices, COVID mandates.
1: It
0: just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. I have, for four days, gone through a form of withdrawal. I haven't had my chance to chat with the wonderful Gemma Cooper, but I do today. Jimmy Cooper, how are you going?
3: Uh, very well, Dean. Very well. It must seem that we're in sync, that we're now back together after I had my uh, day off on Friday. We didn't chat on Friday morning. Well, morning UK time. Obviously, it was always the afternoon where you are. But it seems we're in sync because we were chatting before we came on air and we both decided to go black today. We're like the Johnny Cash version of TNT. You're in your black shirt. I'm in my favourite black jacket, which has seen me through many, many, many broadcasts in my career. I thought, oh, I'll wear the black today. I'll wear the black. And so did you. We're always we're always so similar, you and I. Always. We in
1: are C. of... Of a way, I don't know. It's true. Quite often, my story is because we don't discuss what the other is going to talk about at any great length. And quite often, what I speak about flows so well into the things that you have on your mind and are going to present us with.
3: It does, and well, it, it, uh, the story today actually doesn't link in. But actually, something you said there uh, about solar panels and how at the start it was—you know—I remember that solar panels were this big thing. What twenty, twenty-five years ago here in the UK, it was like solar panels, solar panels, and now it's exactly the same here. Everyone's got solar panels. No one's making any money. And I wonder if you know Bitcoin and the digital kind of currency thing, crypto—that's what they call it. I haven't really dipped my toe into the waters of that. But you know, a few years ago, that was everywhere, wasn't it? Crypto, crypto, crypto. And I'm, I'm not really. Uh, savvy with that because to me that looks like central digital banking currency in another form. Um, but everyone's saying, oh, I've made so much money with crypto. And I'm not hearing people talk about that so much now. And I wonder if that's a very kind of similar thing. Sold as this amazing kind of get rich quick or, you know, you'll make loads of money. And, and now the reality is, well, I do know people that have lost money on that. I don't know if you do.
1: Yeah, well, I'd say for everyone who's made a million dollars on crypto, somebody would have had to have lost it. Um, I had a simple thing with crypto and I wish I would have taken my own advice which was sell when it gets around 15 and so buy when it gets down to about 15 and sell as soon as it hits 40, even though it's gone higher than that. And had I done that over the roller coaster three or four times and bought 40 or 50 grand's worth, I mean, I would have done very, very well because it does seem very resilient and cyclic over time.
3: Well, I don't know anything about it, you see, so I've never gone near it. To me, I was very suspicious. But what you've just said there, you know, you could have made a lot of money in in a short space of time. I wonder if it's the same now. I mean, what what is it like now if you're in crypto? Is it is it is the bubble burst, like with electric, like with solar panels?
1: Well, the last time I checked, it wasn't too bad. I'd have to, while you talk, I'll do a quick Google and see what it's up to at the moment. But it tends to get down to 12 and people panic and they sell. Um, and of course, I remember when you could get it for peanuts. I mean, I remember hearing about it, being aware of it when it first came out, and you literally could have been a billionaire for a few thousand dollars had you invested at the beginning. But, I mean, it's always easy to say, if only I picked those six numbers in the lotto last night. There's no point crying over spilled milk, but certainly one of those things that, uh, looking back, you thought, I should have been involved in that, but we could say that about a million things.
3: That's uh, absolutely true, absolutely true. Well, I'll get on to the story of today. I mean, it's, it's still a continuation of a story that actually broke in the UK on Friday, but it happened last week. But it's still dominating headlines because three of the UK's biggest police forces are still involved in this massive nationwide hunt for a a chemical attacker uh, in the UK. I'm sure you might have heard about this one bubbling around at the end of last week. But uh, the guy was from um, Afghanistan. He was an Afghan national and was convicted in this country of of a sex attack. Uh, He was granted asylum and still allowed to stay after this sex attack. Uh, And last week, uh, he's, he's on the run now accused of throwing a corrosive substance, then not not all outlets here in the UK are calling it acid. Some people are calling it an alkaline substance, but he threw a substance over a 31 year old woman and two children uh, near um, Clapham Common last week. The woman is still critical. The children's injuries aren't so bad, um, but the guy's on the run and the three major police forces are looking for him. They say if he's don't approach him, he's called Abdul Shakur uh, Azedi, Afghan national. If you see him, you call nine nine nine. Don't go near the man. He is extremely dangerous. Of course, there's been a lot of outcry in the UK of why on earth was he he uh, granted. Um, you know, asylum here. He was rejected twice, actually, uh, by the courts. Um, but then he apparently converted to Christianity, and on an appeal before a tribunal, they said, "Oh, go on then. You've converted to Christianity. You can come in." Uh, I don't think his behaviour last week is is particularly Christian. Um, but it, you you kind of like. There's a lot of people saying, "How can this happen? How can this happen?" Uh, still, we talk about immigration a lot. You and I, your country and our country, is a big, massive issue. And this story has <clears throat> created a huge outcry. But at the same time, a story broke yesterday and I thought I'm going to bring this to the table with Dean because you're thinking how can this happen you know his claims for asylum were were rejected twice then he converts to our, our western religion he, he's let in now this has happened but uh, you think how how deep does this go in our society and it's emerged yesterday that a senior editor at the BBC she was actually editor of the Africa unit um, was hired and paid to give defense witness statements uh, for at least 15 Somali uh, nationals who had all committed serious, serious crimes, sex attacks, gang rapers, drug dealers, a career criminal here in the UK. And she was paid to give evidence to say, don't deport them back to Somalia because they're at risk if they go back. Uh, they were at risk because they, they might be gay. They're at risk because they 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 have relatives who are controversial. So she was paid to give evidence to keep them in this country, where they went on to commit uh, serious. One of them, particularly serious sexual assaults. So it's just an illustration of you. You know, you have this acid attack, corrosive substance attack. Last week, the man is still on the run. He had his claims rejected twice, and then was granted asylum. But these, you can see here, a senior BBC editor editor of the Africa unit. She's written several books paid paid by the taxpayer to give evidence to keep people like this in our country. This is and, where the system, we talk about it so much about people just coming in. It's not coming in. It's how they're allowed to stay in, stay in this country. They were going to be deported, but she gave evidence to say, no, keep them in. They're at, they're at risk. And then they obviously pose a risk to the rest of us.
1: And Jeba, we talk about lockstep. I mean, there was uh, an event that's happened very recently here in Australia. In fact, we've got breaking news for that right now. Uh, these men of African appearance uh, who brutally stabbed a 70-year-old grandmother to death in front of her six-year-old granddaughter and they've just caught another two of them. Luckily, where they pulled up in the car and got out, there was some CCTV footage and people were able to extrapolate from that who they were and they've just got another two of them. So that's some good news, some breaking news. But again, uh, one of the prices we pay, we talk about uh, what risk they may be at if we send these people back but what about the risk they pose? And that's the one that we as Australians and you as people in the UK should put forward. That should be the one uh, risk factor, that, the only risk factor that we're looking at.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You've just nailed it. The risk factor to the country that they are currently in. But I find it astounding. And I mean, you know, this is my former employer that we're talking about the BBC and they're you know, you could argue there are lots of things wrong with the BBC, starting with its coverage of the scamdemic four years ago. But this is an extraordinary tale. I mean, the BBC has been quick to point out that the woman is leaving at the end of the month because, because of the revelations that have come to light. The question should be, How 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 is a, a state broadcaster, which is paid for by the taxpayer, supposed to be impartial, yeah. uh, allowing a senior executive to, to be paid to give evidence to keep career criminals, gang rapists and sex attackers in the UK? It is an extraordinary tale. But this is how uh, endemic the rot has become in society where people are uh, granted asylum and then kept in the country uh, by means of the establishment manoeuvres like this. Um, the woman was approached for comment. She's called Mary Harper, uh, Senior BBC Editor of the Africa Unit. As I say, she's written several books about African culture. Um, she, she's gone to ground. She's not she's not talking. Uh, I'm not surprised at uh, the, the amount that she was paid to give this uh, expert witness evidence hasn't come to light yet, but it would have been paid, of course, by the taxpayer.
1: Yeah, and then exactly lockstep again. The ABC here, the BBC, where you are, uh, just absolute disinformation. All they do is they're like a giant psyop and they're completely woke and they certainly don't represent all of Australia. In fact, I would suggest they represent a very small portion of Australia and you, uh, the BBC there in the UK, and here we are having to pay for it. Absolutely ridiculous. At at one point, I hope they wind those uh, businesses up, if you want to call them that, and uh, we have some media that does represent the people. But we live in hope and we do have TNT Radio. That's the only one I can think of at the moment. So, uh, and here we are, Jeremy Cooper. I thank you for your time. You'll be back next hour with uh, Sonia Poulton. And, of course, you'll be joining me tomorrow. So thank you and I look forward to that.
3: Yeah, me too, Dean. See you tomorrow.
1: See you then, everybody. I'll see you back in a, about oh, about a minute because uh, we're going to be talking to Tony Wakeham about Julian Assange. Stick around for that. This is TNT.
0: TNT's Steve Malsberg. If a president could
4: be prosecuted for things he did, which he believed and was advised by his lawyers, what what was was the duty of the president to do? And then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, this opens up a whole can of
0: worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Molsberg on today's News Talk TNT.
2: Right now. The forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now.
5: Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option.
2: Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today.
0: If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: And welcome back to the program, America. What a mad place, what an utterly mad place. The place where, you know, if you're sick and you don't have private health care, or you don't wanna, you know, sell your house, they just send you home to die. There's no money for any of the people, but no money for any of the common good, but they got plenty of money, everybody else it would seem in fact they have 118 billion dollars in this new funding package and they've packaged it up and they've wrapped it up and they've made it look really nice on the outside because on the outside is 20 billion dollars for border security who wouldn't want that everyone loves that then you take off the wrapping which is the 20 billion dollar border security what's inside this nasty package It goes off like a bomb. So only 20 billion to spend on securing your own border, but 60 billion to send across to the Ukraine. Do you think, how many people in the US do you think want? to support the Ukraine. How many of them do you think wanna pay to support the Ukraine? And have a look at the level of poverty that's happening over on the streets of America. It is like nothing you could have ever have imagined 30 years ago, but it gets better, $4.8 billion for their Indo-Pacific mates. Uh, And of course, $14 billion, surprise, surprise, for who? For Israel. Now, Israel, I would argue, if you wanna have a look at the personal wealth of those in that country, could indeed be the wealthiest nation on earth. There's lots of money belonging to families that live in Israel that doesn't get counted when they say who the wealthiest nation is because it's not the nation's wealth. There's a lot of very high personal family wealth in that particular country. And that would be pocket change to them. But no, the US who is broke, who continually hits their debt ceiling, they're gonna fork out for that instead of maybe one of the Rothschilds could dip into their pocket and pay for it themselves. Wouldn't that be terrific? Wouldn't that be nice? Plenty of money there, but now we'll get it off off our mates. Why? Because we tell them to do, do it and they do it because all our politicians are well placed in the woodwork throughout the world. That's how they run that show. Now, we're going to talk to a a fellow named Tony Wakeham. He's very active. He's out there on the town hall steps every week and has been and shall continue to be until there is justice for one Mr Julian Assange. He's a terrific fellow. I've got the chance not to interview him before, but I've also got a chance to meet him when we were doing the the, uh, campaign for the No Vote down in Hyde Park. He was there uh, handing out some Julian Assange literature and in wake of what I spoke about last week, and it was very, very uh, concerning, Joshua uh, Schult is a guy who is was in the CIA, I do believe, and has been accused of one of the biggest leaks of data. Uh, in fact, they are saying the most damaging data leak in recent years, back in 2017, has recently been given a four-decade sentence. He turned down a 10-year plea deal because that plea deal involved him not being able to appeal. And uh, I'm just wondering what that means for Julian Assange. I'm worried, and I'm sure Tony Wakeham is too. Tony, welcome to the program.
6: Thanks, Dan. It's good to be with you.
1: Mate, thank you. Uh, Mate, in light of that 40-year sentence, uh, you'd be pretty worried, wouldn't you, for Julian, should he be extradited to the US?
6: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're laying the groundwork. Look, quite frankly, I think they're trying to rebuild the reputation of the CIA, um, which is in tatters at the moment. I mean, there's been so much information come out about the CIA, apart from this leak that um, Joshua Schultz is taking the rap for. I mean, um, Edward Snowden told us all about it, you know, back in, what was it, 11 years ago we heard about the capabilities of the CIA. It's it's not really the biggest leak in history. That's a media beat up, you know, and all the mainstream media are parroting word for word the exact same narrative. This is the Pearl Harbor of, you know, um, information leaks and all this rubbish, I mean honestly you know does anybody really believe this nonsense
1: no and tony i mean i i felt i sensed a stitch up because not only did they say that this fellow was continuing to do it from you know in a prison behind what i would imagine is an extremely strong firewall but then they happened to find according to them some child porn, uh, material in some hidden folders on a computer. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty easy to find a hidden folder on, on a computer, right? The whole thing smells of a stitch up. They're telling us this is the biggest data breach in U S history. But of course, if Julian Assange is extradited to the U S they'll quickly change that narrative to say that Julian Assange is of course, uh, responsible for the biggest one yet. So mate, that, that's sure to change. Uh, should he not be successful, uh, later this month?
6: oh, look, this idea of smearing someone's reputation so nobody gives a toss about them, I mean, that's been done to everybody, including Julian Assange. I mean, absolutely, that is CIA standard practice. You know, they've obviously planted that material in his computer. You've only got to look at the timeline. You know, he worked for the CIA from 2012 to 2016, and during that time, he raised objection, not to the way they were doing this, but who they were doing it to. And nobody's talking about who they were doing it to. They're, they're talking about what they were doing. I mean, hacking is as old as computers, which isn't that old, but you know, it's nothing new. Being able to to, to uh, tap people's phones has been around since Alexander Graham Bell. These things are not new. Um, what he was raising objection to is who they were doing it to they were doing it to American citizens and that's the same information that we got from Edward Snowden back in 2013 I mean you know that child porn material was obviously planted because he He left the CIA in 2016. In March of 2017, WikiLeaks released the Vault, they call it the Vault 7 material, which is when the CIA went nuts on Julian. And guess what? The same year, they arrested Joshua Schultz for child porn material. They had nothing else on him, so they planted child porn material. They put him before, um, they took him before a. before a judge and jury guess what it was a hung jury they couldn't convict him in 2020 but they put him in prison in 2000 he's been in jail since 2018 I mean he's been inside um, under Sam's I might add you know this special administrative measures um, which is torture you know that they block out the natural light they subject him to 24-hour white noise and artificial light at really high intensity I mean, it's it's um, Guantanamo Bay um, torture material, and they've been doing that to him since 2018. They managed to get a conviction. They wanted to put him away for life, by the way, but at the same time, they are offering me, offering him a 10 year plea deal. We'll put you away for life, but if you say you're guilty, we'll only give you 10 years. You know that is another American. And, cr-
1: and Tony, America. let's quickly let's quickly talk about that plea deal. Let's go back to common sense. If you were somebody who was guilty, who was remorseful, who thought they had done a bad thing, knowing full well that they would throw the book at you, you would take that plea deal. The reason he didn't take that plea deal is because he would have then been denied the chance to appeal back possibly down the track when uh, you know we had some fairer government possibly if uh, we have a conservative government uh, in in America you know let's say Donald Trump gets in for example and uh, but no they forced him they forced his hand and uh, but a man who who has done the wrong thing doesn't not take the plea deal uh, he's a good fella he's done the right thing and he but he's going to pay a heavy Price for it, but mate, what a very timely price it is coming up, knowing full well that on the 20th and the 21st of this month, the UK uh, High Court is going to be deciding whether they'll be extraditing Julian Assange or not. And we'll be talking about that, uh, Tony, if you don't mind waiting uh, to the other side of these new headlines. We'll talk about that and how it all ties in, because it all seems a little bit too timeline-wise coincidental to me.
0: Now, TNT Radio News. News Newsflash! Now, without further ado... Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. US fighter jets have bombed over 100 targets in three countries across the Middle East this weekend, marking a significant escalation in a conflict Washington claims it's trying to defuse. The world's top podcaster Joe Rogan has signed a new contract with Spotify worth a quarter of a billion dollars, And U.S. House Republicans have slammed a draft border security deal released by the Senate that would also unlock over $100 billion for Ukraine and Israel. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk,
1: TNT Radio. So if you're down in Sydney, and I go down there primarily for nostalgia, it reminds me of how Australia used to be, even though it's somewhat different what it used to be. I can't help but look at the buildings and feel the vibe that used to be the case back in the 80s and 90s, a place that I dearly loved. And the town hall hasn't changed a bit, well, the building anyway. And of course, if you go down there on a Friday afternoon, you'll see this terrific fella. He's named Tony Wakeham. He shall be down there pretty much forever until justice is served in relation to uh, Julian Assange. He's down there handing out pamphlets and uh, raising awareness of the plight of one Mr. Julian Assange. And again, we're going to get back to him. Our pleasure to have him on the program again, Tony
6: Wakeham. Thank you, Dean. Great to be here.
1: Mate, uh, now I'm going to ask you, yeah, I could ask you from a hopeful perspective. I could ask you from a a truthful, you know, a more reality-based perspective. What do you think is going to happen in the high court later this month in the UK?
6: Look, the simple fact is they're desperate to get Julian to take a plea deal. Just, I mean, that's how the American justice system works. They, that they impose these life penalties or they say, you know, you're up for a life sentence. And then they say, but if you plead guilty, we'll get, let you off in five years or 10 years. That's, the way the justice system works in America and they've got a 90 something percent conviction rate because of that system and yet apparently 50 percent of the inmates are innocent in American jails it's private enterprise it's a money-making activity um, it, it, it's the most unjust, unjust system on the planet um, so they're obviously doing that. They're talking about a plea deal. There's this fake person out there, I've forgotten their name, that's saying that, you know, Julian's ready to do a plea deal. That's utter nonsense. That is absolute garbage. He's not going to do a plea deal. He's going to fight this thing out to the end. And we've just got to work our butts off to raise awareness. So, And look, there's not a person in Australia that thinks Julian is a spy. America's a different story. They don't know the name Julian Assange, but Tucker Carlson's on the case. He's, you know, the biggest thing since Texas in America, and he's been to visit Julian, and he's spreading the word, and he's saying it's outrageous that um, they're going after this guy. So, you know, it's all about raising awareness. Um, We're doing our level best to get the word out there, it's a political matter, and ultimately, it requires all of us to stand up and sign that petition. If I can put a plug in now, I'd ask everybody to go to the change.org um, Philip Adams petition. If you just type Julian Assange petition into your favorite search engine and look for the Philip Adams change.org petition, there's 780-odd thousand signatures. That's before the International Criminal Court in The Hague. It's before the Australian Federal Parliament. These politicians have got to realize that they're pushing, you know what, uphill with a pointed stick. You know, they cannot get this to stick. And that's what it takes. It's just going to take people power for them to back off and realize that, they're, they're, that they cannot put this man away. And they certainly won't be able to do it during an election year. If he, I personally don't believe he's going to America this year, not in an election year it'd be too much of a hot potato it'd become the leading political issue it's a first amendment issue i mean the americans love their first amendment they the, they the, they the, they've got the gold standard of freedom of speech and they're not about to let it go and julian assange it is, is is clearly a first amendment case i mean how well, it's, it's got the, how it's carried on for this long i'll never know
1: well it's pretty obvious you know to anyone any thinking person that he's not a spy he's not involved in espionage, the information that he releases, information we should all know. Uh, Of course, the government, just like they did with climate change and tried to scare everybody, give everybody a worst case scenario, you know, if the oceans rise and whatever. They did that a bit the same with the WikiLeaks data, suggesting that lives would be at risk and uh, many operations that had been covert operations would be put at risk. Uh, None of that seemed to have happened. That ship has sailed. It was many, many years ago. And at, at the end of the day, all we have is a guy who was hellbent on getting the truth out to the world, who has served a self-imposed penalty far greater than anything that he should have ever been given had he gone to America. But of course, now in light of what's happened with that four decade long sentence with that one, Joshua Schultz, I'm really concerned. I am seriously concerned.
6: Oh look, that poor guy. He has just been, you know. He's the tall guy, you know. He's and he's and he's paving the way for Julian. I think they're doing it to scare the pants off Julian. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's it's a it's a it's like a warning shot over the bow to Julian. You know, like you better take the plea deal, mate, or you're going to end up in Sam's for the rest of your life. You know, and it's a pretty scary. What's,
1: problem. Mate, what's worse with all of the the torture that, that you uh, spoke of earlier, all of the other things he's got in his mind, the fact that he, he barely has had any sunlight upon him, you know, uh, for for so long now. I mean, he's got so many things on his mind already, and to go and add this on, I mean, it could be the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I just hope that Julian Assange is as stronger a character as I believe him to be, because a lesser man would have broken a long, long time ago. Would have God.
6: No, he's an exceptional character, Dean. There is no doubt about that. This man is one in a trillion, you know. He's he's we should be very, very, very proud that he's an Australian. He's one of us. You know, he's he will be talked about for the next thousand years. You know, this man is gonna go down in history as one of the truly great visionaries. You know, this man is I mean, he's setting out to stop these bloody wars, these these This warmongering of America, you know, it's it's all out in the open now. America just is in a perpetual state of war, because it's business, you know. It's just flat out plain business. It's money making.
1: Tony, it certainly is, and I'll tell you, you'll be very interested uh, if you get a chance um, after I finish talking to you. Have a listen to the second half of uh, this program because I'm going to be talking to a named Joachim Hagopian, who uh, everything you just alluded to, the wars and who's behind it and all the truths, that he doesn't bite his tongue, he doesn't mince his words, and he'll be giving us a very good insight into all of that as well. But again, I mean, for people, you know, saying, I hope Trump gets in and I hope he's got a good running mate, and maybe one of them will look after Julian Assange, and possibly, you know, if he ever does get uh, extradited and charged, perhaps even uh, a pardon or something, later on. But mate, again, I don't think uh, Trump barely mentioned Julian Assange. We had uh, Anthony Albanese and his entourage heading over there, apparently to advocate for Julian Assange. Didn't hear much about that. And I would imagine uh, it was just crickets where he was concerned and they went over.
6: No, no, Albo's done nothing. Zero. Zip. Um, Look, the only American politician that's spoken up is um, RFK Jr., he has said that it, it'll be his first order of business to pardon Julian Assange. Um, you know, whether RFK Jr.'s got a shot at it, I don't know. And whether, in fact, RFK Jr., who's very pro Israel, is really a wolf in sheep's clothing or not, um, which is what I believe um, Donald Trump is, too. And Julian yeah, it, said it much the same himself.
1: It, it it's it's funny Tony it's one of those things you know i usually pick a side when there's any war with this whole thing with uh with hamas and israel and people a couple of people said to me i'm on the fence i'm not on the fence i'm not a fan of either either side but i certainly uh am absolutely disgusted by women and children being blown blown up um and i don't care what it's in retaliation for go after hamas go over after fighters do not just blanket bomb a city with women and children. I think it's just absolutely horrific what's going on um, over there and, I, and I'm not uh, I'm not gonna hold back and I, I don't think Wa uh, Kim Hagopian coming up next is uh, gonna hold back at all either. Tony. I love what you do, mate. Thank you for being on the steps there for Julian in Sydney on the town hall every Friday. And people, if you're listening, uh, make, make a trip down there. If you're down there, you see Tony, go up and say good day. And of course, uh, raise awareness. Get onto this change.org uh, website, sign the petition. Uh, what did you say, Tony? Over 700,000 signatures
6: already? Correct, 780,000. Philip Adams is the petitioner. Um, please get your signatures on it.
1: Sounds good to me. Tony Wakeham, I love your work, mate, and we'll talk again. Now, people, last December, of course, Julian Assange's Two-day public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21 in the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have uh, permission to appeal uh, and whether he'll be extradited to the United States. Here at TNT, we're going to be at the Royal Courts of Justice. We're going to be broadcasting and covering the entire two days of of the event, if required to go that long. Uh, So TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London, lighting the fuse for freedom right here at today's news talk TNT
0: with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Oh no, could the
4: squad soon be a thing of the past? Well, based on the hot water that Democrat representatives Cori Bush from Missouri and Ilhan Omar, her brother's wife from Minnesota are in, all signs point to yes, outcome likely. What am I talking about? Well, according to representative Byron Donalds of Florida, Cori Bush has diverted campaign funds into some questionable security expenses. And Omar was filmed in Somalia saying she's Somalian first and Muslim second. Didn't seem to be a mention of the United States or her oath of office to the Constitution in there. The sooner we're well shot of these people, the better. They're clearly here based on intersectionality, not intellect and nothing will become them so much as they're leaving. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's news talk, TNT.
7: When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance.
0: This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. And welcome back to the program. I get to talk to a lot of terrific people on here and I think a lot of them almost get the entire equation right. But there's always that little bit where I may disagree with them. My next guest, not the case. Everything he says and alludes to when I read his articles, I know he knows exactly how the world works. Who's running it? how it works. He doesn't mince his words. He doesn't bite his tongue. He gives you the full triple, triple strength cappuccino when he gives you the truth. At full blast. He's terrific. His name is Joachim Hagopian. He's a West Point graduate, a former army officer and the author of Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down. Now, after the military, he earned a master's degree in clinical psychology. He's worked as a licensed therapist and independent journalist for over eight years. He's written hundreds of articles for many news sites like Global Research, LewRockwall.com and The Government Rag. And I just read three of them in the last hour. And I think he's phenomenal. Joachim Hagopian, thank you for joining us.
5: Very good to be here, Dean.
1: Quite the impressive bio, but not nearly as impressive as when I read your articles. You hit the nail on the head. You go straight to the thing. So many people distracted. You know, the magician waves the hand and they're looking over there when what they should be doing is on target, on target. You're 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 always on target. Mate, um, I just ask you off air, what's happening over with this escalation over in the Middle East with the US and Israel? You know, do you think it's been, it feels to me it's been planned for a long, long time. It feels like it's going to be, Possibly World War Three. We're talking even about people being conscripted in Western nations to go fight a war that hasn't even really started yet, and I'm—I can just feel it. It's—it's it's on the simmer, possibly going to the boil. Mate, where do you want to start?
5: Well, I'll start with January 1st. Basically, we've seen in in the month of January and now in February. An escalation of events in the Middle East. They they made a, a decision that 2024 is going to be the year where we zoom closer to World War III. In an escalation step by step process, that's what we've been seeing all month and plus. Uh, now, I mean, they're they're now going after the basically the Iran Royal Guard military, the Kuds. They're going after them, stationed by invitation of Iraq and Syria, head of states. They're there helping them basically get rid of ISIS, which is the creation of the West, America and Israel. And so illegally, the U.S. military is stationed all over the Middle East. Nobody other than some of the Gulf states that have been basically married to America for a long time, although they moved away, they're joining BRICS, and, you know, Saudi Arabia, UAE, all of them. Um, But anyway, they they have a little bit closer relationship, obviously, than, than some of the other Muslim nations in the Middle East. And what we've seen is the illegality of the American troops pretending that it's all self-defense, just like Israel pretends it's self-defense when they're doing genocide against the Palestinian race. So, I mean, you know, it's it's all basically BS to justify something that they have no business being. I hope to God American troops come home. They're out there in 800 military outposts around the world to try and control the world. Well, guess what? The unipolar World is no longer unipolar; it is multipolar, and America is diminished in its strength. I mean, look what happened to the military. You know, I, I come from that background, and I see what Boyd Austin, who I went to West Point with, I was his assistant uh, squad leader at West Point, and I see what he's done to our U.S. military. We can't fight the Eastern powers. I don't think we could fight them individually and win together it's a, it's a mess but what are they trying to do they're trying to get basically three Pacific Asia is going with Taiwan and South Korea and North Korea then they got the Middle East escalation right now and of course they haven't given up on Ukraine no 54 million are going a billion 54 billion are coming from the EU they just voted it in EU to Ukraine and then sixty billion from the u.s so i mean they're not giving up there uh yeah it's a mess all over the world basically and
1: i I love the way that they wrap it up because as you said 60 billion going to the ukraine what they did they bundled it up with this package and on the outside they wrapped it up with border defense one third the amount going to go and defend the border And uh, people are going to think, oh, this is wonderful. They're going to hear about this terrific funding bill. It's all about protecting the border. But what it's really about is money for Israel and money to the Ukraine. I think it's absolutely horrific. Um, And for those people who, you know, trust the world and trust how things turn out, there have been many false flag uh, events over, over the past. And that's when you either get somebody to fight a war for you or for you to be allowed to fight a war that might otherwise be considered unjust. By the rest of the world. And uh, there may have been one recently, but of course, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe a st- good starter. would be to Google the USS Liberty and and have a bit of a read about that. And it might give people an insight into how some places work and how they achieve their goals over time. This escalation, it's something I guess you you would have seen for a long time coming. Uh, Do you think that there will be enough resistance to stop this happening? Or do you think that no matter what we the people do, what we say, what we advocate against, this thing's going to go ahead no matter what?
5: I hate to say that it's probably the latter, uh, because the U.S. government is not responsive to its citizens. I mean, and this is, you know, the par for the course all over the world, pretty much, uh, particularly in the West. They're not responsive to the people, the needs of the people. I mean, they've sunk so much resources into these wars. Meanwhile, people can't even feed their families. They're, they're being homeless. Uh, you know, they can't pay rent. It's just basics that they can't even survive. And here, their governments are shoveling billions and billions over to these countries that basically Israel, I mean, they're. I don't think they have a lot of backing in this world for what they're doing to the Palestinians. And, and it's a matter of the people rising up. I, I don't see the government being responsive. We're going to have to fight the governments that are all involved in this.
1: Yeah, I I find it quite ironic that um, it's one of the few subjects that will divide conservatives right down the middle, the whole Hamas, Israel or Palestine situation. And it's very odd because a lot of the people uh, who are supporting Israel have problems that I think a lot of them, if they actually have a look where these problems are based or uh, where they're driven from might be a bit surprised at who it is that they're supporting. But I guess uh, maybe time will do that. But there would be some people out there thinking, well, Donald Trump's going to get elected. Donald Trump will sort this out. Donald Trump will sort out the Ukraine. Mate, he's somebody who I will remember as the guy who introduced Operation Warp Speed to the world. That is his contribution. I said years ago, uh, before he ever got elected, I considered him to be a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing, but certainly preferable to the other side of the equation. But, uh, mate, there are people who I do trust, people like, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, his son Rand, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, not Ron, uh, Ron Paul, his son Rand Paul. These are people who I trust. Uh, Carrie Lake, a name that we've forgotten, a name that was suggested might be the next running mate of the next US president. That name's been forgotten as well. Uh, Any of those names I mentioned, people that you think we possibly should trust? And if not, who are some names? in the U.S. political system that you believe, uh, not that they may ever get rise to that level, but who you sincerely believe we can trust?
5: Well, I like a lot of what Rand Paul does say. He makes a lot of sense in everything that I've seen him say. And Carrie Lake is great, too. Every time that she opens her mouth, she has something that's worthwhile listening to as well. Uh, now, I also am of the belief that To get to any kind of level of power, the system will not allow you to move forward and upward uh, in the system unless you're one of them, unless you've already agreed, sold your soul to the devil, whatever, uh, but you're not going to take the oath for the Constitution and then act out on it. It doesn't work like that. They go all against the Constitution, those people that are in power. So, I mean, and even RFK Jr., who says a lot of good stuff. And with the the whole pandemic and the vaccine, you know, he's been great, but he's also in the pocket of Israel. I mean, you can't go, you know, so yeah, I mean, I think everybody basically, I I don't trust uh, Putin either. I I think he may be controlled opposition. He says a lot of good stuff, but you know, I mean, he, he has roots from city of London. They sent Kissinger over to groom him, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, so I, I, I don't know. There aren't very many. But I, of the two that, that you just mentioned, I, I think, you know, Rand Paul and, and Carrie Lake are probably decent. How How compromised they are, I don't know.
1: And, and, and that's another good point that you make, because you don't have to be on board with their with their group. You don't have to be a part of it. All they have to do is dig up some dirt on you, present that dirt to you, and you are forever in their debt and you can't speak up. I mean, Putin, I know Putin used to uh, travel in some of those circles, but I've, I've always considered him to be someone who I thought may may have played the game, got in there, keep your enemies close, you know, you know, your friends close, your enemies closer. Um, his actions these days Seem pretty fair income as far as um, the way the world's heading. Um, I'm certainly on his side of that equation over in the Ukraine, but only time will tell, mate. Because it is such a tangled web that they weave and you've really got to look at the insights. And I agree with you with RFK. He seems so sincere. He seems so legit. And even though he comes from the left, now finds himself as in, independent. He's somebody that I would personally advocate for. And I wonder if that is the case. Maybe some of these people do what they have to do, play along with the the game. And uh, at the end, they, they switch, you know, and they become themselves. I don't know if that's the case. But mate, the, the the insights that you give us i think are absolutely terrific how, how do you see this thing playing out over the next few months
5: well i i think the escalation is going to continue i don't know whether the actual kinetic part of world war three with the middle east and larger world you know west versus east armageddon kind of scenario i'm not sure that might be later in 2025 to even 2026 um but I think it's a, a one-way uh, path that that we're on right now. And uh, and, and when it's going to happen, when it's going to break and become the big one, and how far that will go. You know, they talk about the nuclear uh, element of it. You know, I, I mean, it all remains to be seen. But unless the people really start demanding all over the world, there's a unification in a mobilized movement uh, to get their governments responsive and I'm not even, you know, big that that's going to work. But I mean, we got to do something. So, you know, uh, I, you know, maybe it can be slowed down. Maybe it can be stopped. I mean, if we get some good people, maybe in, in power. Uh, you know, there there are, you know, there is a long shot. I mean, I I have to make sure everything I write, I I I try and have a little bit of because you know, some people have come to me and said, you know, all you do is preach doom and gloom, you know, which. <laughs> I I say what's out there, what yeah. I see, you know, and it's not a, a pretty picture, you know, um, but will there be enough opposition to this power surge in the wrong direction? I, I don't know. I hope enough people listen and uh, enough people get on board. That's all I can think.
1: I, I love what you do. That whole thing where people have said to you, you preach doom and gloom, that would be the same as saying, You see someone crossing the road, there's a freight train or a bus coming, you know, they're crossing the tracks or the road. And because it's such a a possible negative outcome, I won't say anything because I don't want to upset them. The thing is, you'd let them know it's coming. You warn them. That way you can possibly avoid the negative outcome. And that's exactly what you do by putting the truth out there, making people see it, giving them that jigsaw puzzle, the one piece that, that no one can figure out. And you give it to them and it fits perfectly. That's how we wake people up. And, and you're doing a, a, an absolutely magnificent job of it. Now, I I feel weird even saying this um to suggest that Fuller heads are prevailing in places such as Iran, where you know they're 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 trying they're trying to get them to take this bait, and they're resisting the urge. They seem to be resisting the urge to escalate this, and I'm guessing they're going to continue to to do that until they can't anymore. Do you think? Am I right? Are they just going to keep pushing countries like Iran until they can't stay out of it any longer?
5: Yeah, yeah, that's what I think is going to happen eventually. Uh, I mean. One positive, America had split the Shiites and the Sunnis and, you know, always the divide and rule, pit one group against, and that's how you retain your power and increase it. Uh, well, the Islamic world is fairly united now. I mean, you know, the Gulf states that were in bed with America are no longer completely anyway, and they moved toward the multipolar. So, I mean, I, I am hoping that that enough pressure can be brought to bear on the ones that are pushing the escalation in World War Three, um, and and the the Arab world and, and Iran have a lot of power, and uh, I, I don't think that I mean both. Obviously, America does not want to go to war with Iran, and Iran does not want to go with uh, to war with America. So hopefully, cooler heads can prevail. The, the will of the people as for peace, because nobody wants this. The only people on this earth that want war are the people that are creating it and, and it, responsible for it. They're the only ones. I mean, 99.9% of all the people on this earth don't want war, but that hasn't changed history, has it?
1: It hasn't. but my- Hopefully with people such as yourself, Joachim, getting out there and giving people the information they need rather than that which they want to hear, they keep doing what you do. Uh, 20 minutes is not nearly enough to talk to you, mate. I, I think we've just scratched the tip of the iceberg, but people, you can get onto thegovernmentrag.com, a whole bunch of other places. You can Google Joachim Agopian, and you would do very well to do so, mate. Thank you for coming on the program, and we'll talk again soon. All
5: right. Thank you, Dean.
1: Everybody, stick around. Sonia Poulton coming up next here at TNT.